It's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff. First to the end zone. Touchdown! With Boomer Asiason and Mike Valenti. Uh, we are back. We are ready to roll. Another week. We're approaching the midway point, Boomer. It's getting good now. It is getting good. Hey, did you have a good week, by the way? Fantastic. Uh, you know, the Cipriani showdown was just uh, wondrous. We're going to get to it. I've got yes. a dinner date, people. New month, <laughs> new calendar invites. Yes. It's very exciting. You do. And by the way, you know, every week I like to think of myself as a quarterback that's playing. And I and I try to find the quarterbacks who are under the most pressure for different sorts of reasons. And then when I look around the NFL this week, I see two quarterbacks in particular that are playing against each other, and it's probably a no-name game for a lot of people, and that's the Raiders at the Jaguars. However, those two quarterbacks, Derek Carr and Trevor Lawrence, for different reasons, are under a major pressure point situation because Derek Carr, obviously, last week they get shut out by the Saints. He doesn't play well. He says after the game that they are embarrassed, and now they got to go on the road to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are coming off of a bad loss at the hands of the Denver Broncos, where Trevor Lawrence, once again in the second half, falls apart and cannot lead his team back to a fourth-quarter victory. And he has gotten a little bit worse each and every week, and I thought he was ready to turn the corner, and he's not. So those two guys are really under a spotlight. And then on the other end of the spectrum has to be Aaron Rodgers. They're going to the Detroit Lions. You know, they got beat against uh, the Buffalo Bills. We all expected that. They covered, however. You know, I'm sitting there going, I think I think we both picked the Bills. In yeah, I game. think everybody knew when they were down 17 with the ball, we knew exactly how that was going to end. Especially when uh, – you know, Josh Allen reverts back to three years ago, Josh Allen, and throws an interception weird. on the goal line. So very weird, very difficult, uh, different situation. But Aaron Rodgers is under the spotlight from here on out because if they don't make the playoffs, you can blame Gutenkus for not surrounding him with wide receivers because, I mean, if he were on the Dolphins or he were on the Eagles. It's different. It's a completely different set we're of circumstances. Gonna get, we're gonna, I, I've got a trade deadline thing I want to do, but let, let's let's rank these out a little bit because I think Zach Wilson's got to be in there as well. Well, I was going to get to him too. So okay. Zach Wilson's the other one. And and the reason, you know, he's getting ready to start his 19th game. So he's just, you know, he's still a kid. He's still learning, and he's making really bad decisions. And what happened last week against New England is those decisions resulted in turnovers where in the previous games he still was making bad decisions. But at least he wasn't turning the ball over, and that's one of the reasons why the Jets were winning. So I, I, I would I say wanna, he's under a microscope as well. I don't want to go super granular because I think we'll lose everybody with this, but when you look at certain analytics, they tell you, hey, this guy's putting these throws are putting you at risk. Whether it ends up in a turnover or not, it's considered a turnover-worthy play. That's Zach Wilson. So he was whistling by the grave. Remember the game against Denver? Yes. Oh, my God. He, he should have had four interceptions. But Trevor Lawrence, work with me on this, because everybody, myself included, perfect prospect, franchise guy, maybe a once-in-a-decade talent. Boomer, I need more. He's not a rookie. He's got quality coaching, quality weapons. I'm worried. Yeah. And I just don't see it right now. You know, the interesting thing is they made a trade as well at the deadline for a player who's not available this year. He'll be available next year, and that's Calvin Ridley. I think that's a really good thing that Doug Peterson did. And and if Calvin Ridley can get over the gambling issues and all the things that are going on in his life, he may be exactly what the doctor ordered for Trevor Lawrence. What is Trevor Lawrence's nickname? Do you know? Sunshine. Okay. It's not sunshine and rainbows. That's not what the NFL is. You got to be angry, you got to be mad, you got to be dedicated and you've got to take a loss personally. I don't know if that's his personality. I don't because everything for this kid in high school and in college 
came really easy. He always played with the best players. He was always the best player on the field. And now he is finding out just how difficult it is to deal with adversity. And that's what I always say about high draft picks, especially when they're as good as both Zach Wilson was in college and Trevor Lawrence were in college. That they never Did they really ever have to fight for anything? No. So now you've got to fight for something. And, you know, Tom Brady had to fight for something yeah. all those years ago as a six-round draft choice. If you don't – it's just my read on it, obviously. I, uh, you're well aware I didn't play. But if you don't have a chip on your shoulder, I don't know how you survive in any highly competitive industry, whether it's football or business. I don't see the chip with Trevor. Like, he did an interview after the London game, and I'm going, did I watch the same game you're talking about? I just – that's what gets me. I, I Not everything in the world is okay. And okay, it's not okay to lose in the NFL. That's your job. Many people's jobs rely on your performance. You want to make the big bucks. You want to make $50 million a year. Then you got to perform in the biggest moments. The other thing I, I will say, uh, you know, when it comes to some of these quarterbacks and some of these players with chips on their shoulders that you are alluding to, Saquon Barkley, chip on his shoulder. Look yeah. how he's playing this year. They're off this week. They're on a bye. How about Tua Tungabailoa? Coming into this season, they finally match him with a coach. They trade for Tyreek Hill. They yep. trade for Bradley Chubb. They're all in. And the coach has got the offense that fits him perfectly. And look at how he is playing when he's on the field. They're undefeated when he starts and finishes the game. And he looks basically like a different player. i got to tell you something, too. And, and maybe you can comp this out better than me. It He throws guys open. It's that anticipation. It's the accuracy. Because he doesn't have this, you know, Justin Herbert nuclear arm. Like, when you watch Tua play, who does he remind you of? This is going to be really weird, but an old uh, foe of mine and a rival of mine, and his name is Bernie Kosar. And the reason I say Bernie Kosar, he had a very weird throwing motion. And I guess when you watch Tua as a left-hander, yeah. for, for most of us— Optically, it's strange. It, it looks weird, but for me it doesn't. It looks natural to me. Sure. But Bernie was that way. He had a really long um, release, and he was— kind of gangly and wasn't all that fast, wasn't a great athlete. But I never saw a guy throw people open more than Bernie did, meaning that he would um, kind of appreciate where he had to throw the ball before the receiver got there because of how slow he was. And I, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Tua. The other guy that's playing with a chip on his shoulder is Jalen Hurts, yeah. a second-round draft choice. He is Turned out like he's he's making a million six this year. He's given them a fifty million dollar performance easily, and so MVP you know he'll level. get he'll get a huge contract at the end of the year. They're eight and zero, and if they go on to be I you know, I think at worst fifteen and two, assuming everybody stays healthy there. Sounds right. You're going to have to go through Philadelphia to get to super to, to the Super Bowl. You touched on a couple of things that are in the rundown, so let's go to it right now. This, this is the NFL rundown. All right, you mentioned Bernie, so we'll get this out of the way because it's really about the Bengals, the Cipriani Bowl, the dinner bet, the gala event of the fall. But I want to talk Browns-Bengals, all jokes aside. Bengals here, look, the O-line reared its ugly head again. I'm only asking you because, A, you know O-line play, and B, you've said, Mike, it's going to get better. I need you to calm down. We're at the midway point. Burrow's still getting assassinated on a weekly basis. Well, you know, they got better. They did get better until this week, until Monday night, and then they got steamrolled. It was not only Not only did their offensive line get steamrolled, their defensive line got steamrolled as well. Both lines of scrimmage were owned by the uh, Cleveland Browns, and they couldn't block uh, Miles Garrett. Jonah Williams was having a hell of a time trying to block him. And by the way, you know, my buddy Frank Reich told me 
that Miles Garrett is the closest thing to Bruce Smith he's ever seen. Did you see the spin move he put on Jonah? That's the point. The, the, the athleticism at that size and the ability to contort his body and to get around the corner and lower his shoulder or do the spin move, uh, that's, that's a really bad matchup for the Bengals. And Joe Burrow has not beaten the Browns yet in his career. They basically own them. And I got to say, for the Browns, maybe they saved their season. We'll That's, see. I keep holding out this hope that if they can stay remotely afloat, at least Watson, no matter what you think of him, Watson coming back makes them interesting. That was a big win. That's going to be that's going to be interesting because he hasn't played football in two years. Right? How rusty? How much of an acclimation? Um, you know, you brought up Saquon, so let's do it here. Joe Shane came out, said he wants to get something done, and he wants all in season negotiations this week. I know Julian loves another guy they want to get done. Boomer, you're Joe Shane. You're running this deal. We know running back contracts do not work. I don't need to give you the the graveyard of them. How do you handle this? You sign them, you franchise them, and I think this is off the table. You just let them roll and grab the compensatory. Yeah, I don't don't think they're going to let them roll. I think they want to keep them now, and I think that they've been around him. They see him. I know the Mara family loves Saquon. Uh, He fits the giant mold, if you will. He's the tiki barber of this generation. He's that kind of player. And, you know, I think he's really shown a lot of people that he's playing with a chip on his shoulder and that he can do it. Um, I think a fair contract would be something somewhere similar to what Derrick Henry got. And that seems to me to be fair. But then again, maybe Saquon sees himself differently than the Giants do. That's that's really what it comes down to. If and- he sees himself that differently, I hate to break it to you. You're getting the franchise tag of around 12.8. That's what it's going to be. I'm sorry. And so the Giants always have that in their back pocket. So I... I would hope that they would get something done. Nothing has been announced during this week, and since nothing has been announced yet, I don't suspect that we'll see anything unless they come back next Monday and when everybody's back in the building, they'll announce it. Uh, I want to wrap about the Packers for a minute. You brought up Aaron Rodgers. I mean, emergency, uh, breaking news. Aaron Rodgers practiced on a Wednesday this week for the first time since the Lincoln administration. (laughs) So I just... I want to ask you, and I'm probably taking the fan approach. His body language is as bizarre as it's ever been. They look awful. I know they go to Detroit this weekend, but a year from now, is Aaron Rodgers a Packer? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, he is. He's uh, he's making $100 million guaranteed. He will be there, um, and they're going to have to go out and do something in the offseason, and they're going to have to try to do something uh, to be able to support him from a wide receiver standpoint. I, I, these these young kids just aren't growing fast enough. Uh, he had a nice pass to Romeo Dobbs the other night, but there was also another one where it looked like Romeo, like his hands crossed when he was going to catch the ball. That's never a good thing you for ever, a wide you ever receiver. You see a kitten with a yarn ball? That's <laughs> Romeo Dobbs. <laughs> just batting it around. But, I, I, you know, he's going to be there. I mean, this is another team that, because it's the NFC, I mean, they're still in it, believe it or not. You would like to think that they're going to go on the road and they're going to beat Detroit this week, but you know, with the way that the Packers season has gone and the people that they have lost to, it's on. I, would it shock you that the Lions no, beat them? No, because it's a divisional dog getting points. That, and again, we'll get to them during the picks. No, Boomer, there's no weeks off in this league. There aren't. I mean, ask ask the Buccaneers. They thought they had a freebie against the Panthers two weeks ago. They got destroyed. I don't know what to do with him. That's why I was asking you. I got nothing. The Packers are a bizarro world. I, I just think that he will be there for the next two years. He'll see the end of his contract. Um, let's talk about it. We we previewed it. If you guys are listeners of the show, Dan Snyder. Oh, I know he's not selling. He's looking at a transaction. That was lovely PR there. But I want to ask you, what is the time frame in your mind 
on a sale. And are we looking at a $7 billion purchase here? It could be just simply because of where the team is located, the history of the team, and, you know, the fact that Dan Snyder, I mean, the NFL owners are going to want him out. And, you know, this could be like a Donald Sterling type of situation where somebody's going to overpay yeah, just the to get him out. Kiss. Let him go. Keep it quiet. Goodbye. See you later. Here's a little extra money, and we'll buy your silence. I don't know necessarily know they can buy his silence, but, you know, the obvious one is Jeff Bezos because he owns the Washington Post. The problem is he is hates him. He hates him. Daniel Snyder hates Jeff Bezos. So why would he sell the team to Jeff Bezos? Now, I think the NFL would love to have a black owner here and they'll, they'll do everything they possibly can to see if they can help somebody along and maybe put a, a consortium together to make that happen. Maybe it's Jay-Z and Bezos. Well, th- that report came out. Yeah. And I, look, I just I am jaded. I, I am very, very cynical. I don't think anything's accidental. And I think before that report comes out, I think the NFL, my opinion, has back-channeled already to get to the point where the commanders announce, hey, we're getting this bank security to, to rep us. Boomer, I think everything's pre-planned. I just do. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not disagree- disagreeing with you. The other thing, too, that the other NFL 31 owners can do is they financially, internally, can put a lot of pressure on the commanders. And there's a lot of different things that go on behind the scenes that the NFL fan has no idea about the financial, uh, the finances of the league and how they intertwine with one another. And don't think for a moment when the Virginia Attorney General now is starting to talk about yeah. we're investigating the commanders because of ticket sales and the lack of th- thereof and transparency. You know, that's the NFL owners. You know, that that's the NFL owners that are supporting all of this. Right. Just so giving him a little nudge. A nudge to get out the door. Yeah, they want to get rid of him. There's no question about it. And I was just thinking how how pleasure a ride back to Washington it must have been for Dan Snyder after they beat Jim Irsay's Colts in Indianapolis last week. Because remember, Jim Irsay was the one that came out at the owners' oh, yeah. meetings about three weeks ago and said, hey, uh, this guy should be out of here. What a week for Commanders fans. You're 4-4. Four and four. What, three-game win streak? Chase Young's back this week. And your owner, who you hate, is selling. I mean, happy birthday. <laughs> yes. um, I, I want to get you, just your take on Tom Brady this week. He's He is, you know, he's Tom Brady. But he addressed the work-life balance. Divorce goes final. It got me to thinking about this. And, and I, I wanted to ask you, obviously, a long-decorated career. is how, how hard is it to keep it all together? It's really hard. And uh, I think his safe space is on the football field and in the football building with the teammates around him. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back next year, to be honest with you, given given this now. Um, but wow. I would just say that uh, he's a guy who loves the game, loves to be around his teammates. And and like I said, it's a safe space. The team is not as good as it was last year, defensively or offensively. Yeah. But it's just part of the uh, process that he's going through right now, Mike. And uh, I feel bad for him and his family that he has to live his life in the public like this. But it is a it is a real distraction to say the least well and again and i mean one of my close friends played in the league for a long time and, and you, you see it up close and personal it's two different seasons there's work and then there's family and it's just really hard to integrate them it's very difficult you know for me in 1992 my son was not diagnosed yet with cystic fibrosis but he was showing all the signs of it and we had to deal with that during the season and that meant maybe two hours of sleep for me at night right and a lot of people didn't know that and I know that it affected me, and the team knew that it affected me. And uh, once we found out what the answer was, I was traded away. Not because of that, but because of the play that I had shown the year before. And that's as, that's as real as it gets right there. 
Um, all right, I've got more stuff for you later. We got to get to the picks. Uh, we've got a trade deadline desk, all that and more. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenny.